Hey everybody, it's Whitney here. Hey, it's Macy here. With Macy McLean and Whitney Coonan. You'll figure out how to swim eventually. At the end of our life, what do we want to be our story? We're sharing success and sparking power. You're listening to You're listening to Power in Heels. Well, first off, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're super happy to have you. Well, thanks for having me. It's just a pleasure to speak with you both today. Of course. And I mean, you have a really unique business. You work in home organizing. And this is something that I traditionally don't think of as like a, you know, when you think of businesses and entrepreneurship, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. So it's a really unique uh, venture. So I want to kind of start at the beginning and talk about where your ideas came for this and where your passion for organizing came from. You know, I used to say that organizing was my passion, but I truly think it's just a value of mine. I value tidy living and a tidy space and environment really is just part of who I am. It's part of my character. And I've strangely been like this since I was quite young. Like I was that kid that wouldn't be playing with Barbies in their room. I'd be like shoving around furniture and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) changing where my bed was and at the time I don't think I realized that it was affecting me in such a positive way like I was doing it because it made me feel so good and I love this sense of like order and structure in my life you know organizing is really just part of who I am and I have a background in dance I grew up as a dancer and I went to university for dance and I did my master's in dance and I think sometimes when you study your passion I would call dance my passion you know, so intensely, there's this resistance that's created. You know, I had a voice inside that just kept saying like, dance is not it. Like you're not going to be a dance teacher for the rest of your life. So it's really honing in on, you know, what am I good at and what do I love doing? And it was organizing. So I can be a little bit of a risk taker. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to start a business in organizing. I felt like there was a gap, you know, there's like cleaning services, there's moving services, but I didn't feel like there was this really holistic service that came in and helped people like make their space look and feel better. I wanted to fill the gap. And I know you're both in university as well. So like living with people as you get older (laughs) makes you, (laughs) you know, look at your space differently and understand how people value their space differently. And I think just going through that in university and even after that, I, I thought, you know, other people must be affected by the state of their space. Like it mustn't just be me. That's really why I started the business. That's how I started it. And here we are. That's awesome. And I mean, you mentioned university and you're completely right. Like nothing has made me more aware of other people (laughs) and how they like to live their lives than living with complete strangers and roommates in university. (laughs) So I completely understand how that has come from that. And you also mentioned you're a bit of a risk taker. And I would not have guessed that because traditionally, when I think of people who love organizing and love structure, I don't see them as risk takers. So where do you think that risk taking has kind of come from? Or am I completely wrong in assuming that? Yeah, that's funny. I don't, I wouldn't say that you're wrong. Um, I feel I am very, I can be very stuck to my schedule or I really love change. Like I love change and growth. That's really like what lights me up is enduring change and human development, the human mind, human behavior, the way that humans live, it's just so fascinating to me. So, and maybe it's a confidence thing. I I don't have a lot of fear in my life. It's like, who cares? What like? What's the worst that could happen? So your business fails. Oh, well, at least you're like, you're always going to learn 
from experience. You're going to learn from doing something. I guess that's the little risk taker in me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very, a very good mindset to have. I feel like not many people can say that, you know, like, well, the worst that's going to happen is my business will fail and be fine to still go out and, and try. Like, that's a very, a very good mindset to have. So applause to you. <laughs> Um, now, I I am very curious to know, so when someone does reach out and ask for a service, what happens? Like, what's the, the process, I guess? It starts with a consultation. So this step is uh, the most important to me. Um, and it's probably the part of the process that I enjoy the most as well. And it's because I really get to meet the client and I get to go over their space and Uh, really chat about challenges because that's why they're reaching out to me. There's a challenge. They're struggling with something. They're trying to navigate change or adversity in their life and they need some assistance. It starts with a consultation where I see the space and, you know, we go over the vision and the goal. And then there's normally a period of decluttering that needs to happen. I'm really, really big on decluttering. I don't really believe I'm doing any service to my client if we're just moving things around in the home and not actually, you know, eliminating Uh, To create physical space and mental space and emotional space in your life, you have to eliminate something. So going through the client's items with them and asking them if they use their stuff, if they love their stuff, if it's still adding value to their life. And, you know, this part of the process is extremely emotional and there's a lot of psychology involved. And sometimes I feel like I'm acting as a therapist or couples counselor because (laughs) there's just so much to it. And we hold this identity with our belongings and it overtakes our life, right? And people have a lot of baggage and weight in their life and it's because of their stuff. So after we've cleared the space, it's the organizing part, you know, making sure everything has a home, bringing in product for clients like bins and baskets and jars to contain things and then of course labeling things so everyone in the family is accountable for putting things back it's really the aesthetics at the end the finishing touches oh that's awesome and I mean what sort of people have you come across that um, you've worked with I'm sure you've come across a bunch of different types of people right you know at the beginning of the business I, I worked with a much broader range of people I would say over time it's funny I feel like like I attract people that are very similar to me or that we share very similar values and morals in life. Like we really care about well-being and we really care about health. And I'm quite spiritual myself. A lot of my clients are too, which somehow comes out in a weird conversation. It's like, oh, I found angel cards in your drawer. Like, (laughs) it's funny. But the majority of my clients, which this might surprise you, they're actually very organized people. So it's not that they're disorganized. It's just that they live very active and busy lifestyles. And we can't do it all anymore. We live in like a different generation now where both parents work, you know, kids are involved in a lot of activities. My clients, they just need that extra assistance and an extra pair of hands. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And you said like busy lives can affect, you know, the organization of the home. And Macy and I were talking just before this interview. And we were saying like, yeah, as soon as things get busy, like right around exam time, or if I have a lot of work going on, my home will 
will get a lot messier. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, I live in a tiny apartment here in Toronto, but you can tell when my mind is really occupied with a lot of other things because everything else starts to slip. My room gets quite messy, you know, living room gets kind of messy. So you can really tell the difference between when I'm, you know, clear-minded and when I'm not. So I can definitely see how this all connect there. Mm-hmm. Coming up next on Power in Heels. I like waking up super early, like I'm a 5 a.m. rise and shine kind of person. Go you. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could do that. <laughs> okay, as much as I hate talking about the pandemic, I am curious to know how you were able to adapt during it with having these in-home services. Were you still able to go about them or did you bring them more virtually? Yes, so... We'll talk about the pandemic for sure. I mean, I, it's funny because we're still in it a bit, right? So well, it yes, feels exactly. like it's too relevant. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, the pandemic has probably been one of the biggest challenges for my business, but also in a weird way, a blessing in disguise for the business as well. You know, we've been in so many lockdowns and we're technically in one right now, I think. But there was one point a year or so ago where I really had to shut down. Like I legally was not allowed to operate because, you know, it's a domestic service, which is an in-home space service. So I believe the rule at the time was you're only allowed to work outside of the home if it's essential. Of course, I would like to say that the business is essential, but (laughs) in regards to the government's point of view, it's not. It really gave me a great time to work on the business instead of in the business. And that's a statement that a lot of entrepreneurs who run their own small business cannot say at the beginning because you just don't have that luxury of doing both. You know, I hired a media coach and I was able to ground myself and put myself in a place of service. Like, what do my clients need right now? How can I still help them and serve them in a way despite not being able to go into their home? So I did go virtual. I started writing a lot more. I, you know, was just really trying to push out content, like push out blogs and start a monthly newsletter and just try and share any information or insight that you know might help people find more peace and balance in their home during such a chaotic time and just a time of uncertainty that's really what I tried to do during the pandemic and here we are again in another lockdown however I'm grateful that I'm still able to operate during this time well that's fantastic and I mean trying to really focusing on building your business and putting uh, more into it and I I was kind of wondering when the you know pandemic hit and people had to stay at home they were spending a lot more time at home so do you think more people became hyper aware of the state of their home through the pandemic and maybe do you think that helped them be turned towards businesses like yours a little bit? Well, absolutely. I mean, my business, once I was able to reopen, I was so busy because, you know, people are staring at their space every day. Also just like all these Amazon deliveries and boxes and everything <laughs> coming into people's homes. Like it, they really were just living amongst clutter. And I, I do think that helped light a fire under people to say, we need help in our home here and it's chaotic and people started using their spaces differently as well, working from home, virtual learning. So, you know, like the kitchen became the classroom and the dining room became the home office. So there was a lot going on in people's homes amongst the change. So yeah, it it definitely helped my business a lot. I totally believe it because as you were saying that, I'm just thinking about all the times I've done like a deep clean of my room since I'm spending so much time in it through the (laughs) pandemic. Uh, I mean, which as a 
a plus, of course, but also it's like, okay, wow, I really need to get rid of some things, I guess. But um, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, some people, when they hear about your company and your business, they may want to relate it to Marie Kondo and the Home Edit series. But we talked about this a little bit in our pre-interview as well with you. So why don't you share how your company is different from Marie Kondo's, for example? I mean, I'll start off by saying, um, like the, the beauty of having Marie Kondo and the Home Edit series on Netflix is that it really shows there's a need and an importance for organizing. You know, when something hits mainstream media, you know it, there's high demand for it and that people are actually interested in it. Like, that's beautiful. Like, that's so great that people, not just myself, care about organizing. You know, I probably resonate with uh, Marie Kondo's philosophy a bit. I know her philosophy is cultural and she is a bit spiritual as well. However, I think my approach to organizing is really about wellness. Like the activity I do is organizing, but the purpose of why I do it is not organizing. The purpose of why I do it is to really help people cultivate this inner sense of health in their life, you know, help people unbox these labels and this baggage they've been carrying, help people create a better sense of relationship to their family and friends and to themselves, you know, create more free time in their life, really define who they want to be through their space. And like, that's the purpose of organizing to me. I just do it through organizing, but the purpose is... (laughs) obviously much greater than that. And then, you know, there's the home edit on Netflix as well. I don't know if you've both watched it. Um, A bit, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, well, exactly. um, it's so entertaining. Like, it really is, I have to say. But their philosophy is heavy on aesthetics, which is just, I don't find it realistic and I don't find it approachable and attainable and inclusive for many of the viewers. And I even, you know, I ask my clients all the time if they watch it just out of curiosity. And I've actually heard from numerous people that they felt almost a sense of shame about their space after watching it and a lack of motivation. The average person is living in like a 600 square foot condo in Toronto. Like watching, you know, a celebrity like spruce up their already spruced home isn't necessarily going to really motivate them to organize their space. They have five cupboards in the kitchen. It's not attainable. It's not approachable at all. So I definitely have a problem with that. And they don't like go through a step-by-step process. Let's say you actually wanted to do this yourself. You're like, okay, here we go. I'm going to organize my kitchen. You leave the show not actually knowing how to do it. (laughs) They don't They show you a before and an after, and there's a lot of wow factor to it. And I understand that because it's the media and either have to impress people or scare people, but there is no step-by-step guide of how to actually do it. So that is my problem with these series on Netflix. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I love Reese Witherspoon, but watching her organize her home and this gigantic mansion is definitely not going to help me learn how to keep my two square foot kitchen clean and organized when I have Mm -hmm. two cabinets and millions of things. Like it's not realistic the way that you've said. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, You actually mentioned that the benefits of organization actually have nothing to do with organizing. Can you share a few of these benefits with us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, 
of course, like being organized is a huge benefit. Like I won't deny that and discount that. But I always say to my clients, you know, it's never about the basket. And it's never about like the pretty vinyl label that I put on the basket. It's about um, what that's actually doing for you. Just some really um, common benefits that I see would be, you know, gaining free time to actually spend on what's important in life to you or with your friends and your family, saving money. People tend to really have a different relationship with their finances in a much different way once we do organize and declutter, especially in the kitchen. I find people tend to buy food in a very different way. They they look at their health in a very different way. You know, I hear from my clients all the time and I love it. It's like, I, I get this feedback, like, how's it going? Like three weeks after we did the session and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. I go to the gym now. Like I have a morning smoothie. They're not talking about like the organizing. They're talking about their lifestyle. They're talking about their health and well-being. And like, to me, that's just like, it's so heartwarming. Like, that's why I do it, right? Because people are just navigating through change. And it just makes me feel good when people can find themselves again through organizing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, there's a big difference when you look at like, if someone's organizing their home, it, it then kind of frees up some space for them personally, because I can see, you know, when, when there's something that's bothering you, or it's unorganized, or it's not organized in a way that helps you live your life better or simpler, you know, in a prioritized way, then then it takes up some space in your mind. So once that is cleared, then you have this free space in your mind, put it towards more positive and better things for you, like, you know, going to the gym more or eating healthier, but there's that now that space in your mind that can be occupied by something better for yourself. So I can definitely see that. And you've mentioned before, you've worked with a bunch of different types of people, you said you've worked with couples that were going through divorces or couples that were moving in together for the first time or even people moving out for the first time into their first homes. Is there maybe a story of a particular client that you really found kind of inspiring or really impactful? Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. Like every client is so different. And, you know, what I love so much about what I do is that like on a daily basis, I am just taught a new lesson about life and I'm given a different vantage point or a different lens to look at life through just being around so many different people coming from so many different life experiences. And, you know, I hear a lot of stories. I hear a lot of great stories, maybe some stories that I shouldn't even know about from clients, but there is one client and I, I'll never forget this. It was just the most sobering experience that I had maybe been through. And um, it really grounded me and and broaden my awareness of not everything looks the way it does from the outside. So I was working in a very affluent community in a very luxurious home that you would see, you know, in a magazine or on TV. And at the end of the session, I was being paid in in change and counting out nickels and dimes because the husband and wife had lost their jobs. They had kids. They were struggling. I felt bad. I remember thinking to myself, like, they're struggling so much financially. Like, why did they hire me? Like, why, why would you hire a home organizer when you're struggling? But it just occurred to me, like, this service is so required for their well-being and, and their mental sanity right now. You know, they, they really needed this to help them 
him get through this hard time. And it's a sad story that I know I'm sharing, but it, it really broadened my awareness as to how, you know, we, we look at certain things in life and we perceive it one way, but it in fact can be completely different on the inside. And there's so many great stories, you know, that I've heard and, and funny moments too that my clients have shared with me. But that one in particular, I don't know, it just always has a special place in my heart. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, as as much as I'm sure it's a very tough job and an, an emotional job, even at times, I'm sure it's very rewarding as well. You mentioned before the idea of canceling the noise. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, canceling the noise. I mean, when you start a business, it just seems like everybody in your life all of a sudden has an opinion about like how you should be doing things, why you're doing it wrong, how their way would be better. Like it's so hysterical. Like I laugh at it now, but um, you know, at the time, like that can be really overwhelming when you're starting out a business, you are taking a risk, you know, there's a pandemic going on. So there's a lot of uncertainty and it's just this constant opinions coming at you. So, you know, that's been a challenge of mine is to really just try and cancel the noise around me and follow your intuition and and the voice inside that's telling you to do it your way or stay on your path and stick to your like it's a mindset game entrepreneurship I would say is really a mindset game but not even entrepreneurship just you know even being in university like you know finishing a course finishing a project or an essay like it is a mindset game right it's like the thoughts that you tell yourself versus listening to the noise and, and the outside world and really sticking to rituals and and, and routines has helped me through that. Focusing on myself has helped me stay focused and, you know, on the path of my my own journey and not listening to how people think I should be paving my way. I, I heard a quote once and I'll never forget. It was, um, don't take criticism from someone you would never seek advice from. Oh. And I, I always remember that because it's like, why, like, why should you care about the negativity that someone's saying to you if you'd never ask them for their opinion in the first place. Yeah, very true. That's a really good one. I think we need to plaster that on our wall. (laughs) Very inspiring. (laughs) I I think I need to hear that more often because I'm always worried about what other people are thinking and what they you know, think about me or what I'm doing. And and that will be something I think a lot of us need to hear or listen to a little bit more often. Just, you know, trust ourselves. Do you have any um, like tangible tricks or tips um, for when it comes to kind of learning or teaching yourself to trust yourself? You know what? Honestly, my morning routine is everything to me. Like without a this like morning routine that I've created for myself, like the whole day is thrown off. I like waking up super early. Like I'm a 5am rise and shine kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, I wish I could do that. (laughs) And I, I meditate for a little bit and I journal and it's this like brain dump. I think some people have a really hard time journaling because they're like, what do I say? Like, what dear diary? Like they don't know what to say, but it's really like, I call it a brain dump it's just everything on your mind you just write on the piece of paper like it can be so random like I'm hungry it's raining outside like what's for dinner oh I have to put gas in the car like just whatever's on your mind you put on paper and then of course fitness
business is a really, really strong value of mine. It's something that without working out or getting some kind of movement throughout the day, my day is completely different and my mindset's completely different. So I think just having this really established and it is strict, it's a strict morning ritual that I um, never really veer off of. I don't know, it it helps me. It helps cancel that noise, I guess, that that we're calling it. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like I need to adopt this because I'm the type of person who gets up and then I'm like, oh, and I try and finish everything I need to in the morning really quickly. And then I'm always rushing to my first appointment or my first, you know, work of the day. And I'm always not late, but I'm running late. And it's, it's, it's always hectic. And I think that that's probably the worst way I could possibly start my day. So I'm going to start following your advice. I'm going to journal a little bit, <laughs> take yeah, my time in the morning. <laughs> so I think I, I, I totally see where you're coming from and how that can change your entire day or your entire outlook on your day if you start off positively versus the way that I do it all hectic and stressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that makes I a mean, lot of sense. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? I mean, I think sometimes we have we get this in our head like I used to be like this a bit too. Like the first thing you do is look at your phone, like who posted what on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> like what's happening on TikTok, yeah. what emails are coming through. Oh, emails, that's the worst for me. Yeah, it's the worst thing to do. You have to take care of yourself and sort of like unplug, I think, in the morning. I'm excited to hear your new routine feedback. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Definitely going to give it a shot. Even like the phone thing too. Like I always, when I wake up, yeah, the first thing I do is grab my phone. And it'd be nice mm-hmm. to just like unplug for a little bit. I think that would be a better way to start my day. I'll get there eventually. That will, that'll be like the New Year's <laughs> resolution maybe. <laughs> I'll try. Yes, it's, it's 2020. <laughs> it's the new year. Let's, let's add that to our resolution list. <laughs> yes. Hey everybody, it's Whitney here. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast for more step-by-step guides to success from powerful women every single week. Oh, I was going to ask about, oh yes, success. I feel like when we talk about success, we only look at the good and I guess tend to think that the road can sometimes be easy to success, but it actually is very windy and not easy at all. So personally for you, were there any moments when you felt sure that it was all going to fail or you were just in general unsure of your future? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not all rainbows and daisies every day. I find when you start your own business, it's just such a lonely journey because like I don't have a business partner I have an employee now but still it can feel so lonesome like you're treading against water just out there alone some days I wouldn't say that there's really a time when I was like "Uh uh-oh like I have to you know close the business it's failing other than the time I literally had to close because of the pandemic but even then I still I felt like there were so many different ways to pivot that I wasn't at the point of closing the business. But, you know, there's been a few moments where I definitely have just felt like I needed to step away for like a a small period of time, like a couple days. My weakness is that I'm a workaholic. So I literally just, I don't stop, like whether it's like in a client's home or just like working on like computer work or admin work. It's like on the weekend and like, Megan, like... You need to take a break. You know, there's been a few moments of like burnout for sure, where I'm just like having a hard time and having a moment. And in our pre-interview, I think I, or in the questionnaire, I told you that I was a yes girl. And I, I was, I was a yes girl. Like I love my clients so much and I love what I do so much that I don't say no. And it, And it's not that I don't want to 
help them or be there for them. It's just about establishing boundaries. Like that's something that I recently, like super recently had to discover and um, try and really adapt. It's like, no, you're not available on Sunday at 7pm? Why would you be available then? Like, this is not a good time to have a chat with a client. So it's really just like taking a step back and, you know, taking care of myself. I think I care so deeply about my clients well being that sometimes my own well being gets shoved to the side. And like, that's not good. Because how can I show up and serve my clients well? when I'm not feeling my best, it's impossible. As the captain of my own ship, you're steering in, you know, no man's land if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself and setting up those boundaries. That's something that I've had to sort of learn recently to be more of a no girl. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. And it, there's no no reason why you can't say no. And I think a lot of us feel that we have to say yes to every opportunity. We have to say yes to everything that everybody asks. Otherwise, we're letting someone down. But really, mm-hmm. in the end, we're not letting them down at all. We're letting ourselves down by doing that. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking the time and saying, no, I can't meet with you this Sunday at 7pm, but I can meet <laughs> with you on Monday during business hours. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that's something that even I have to get past that because I'm always I'm always trying to make everybody happy as well. So I can understand that. It's a very common struggle. I think as females as well, we feel this like pressure to overserve sometimes that, you know, we have to show up a certain way and just always be of service. I don't even think it was taught. I think it's just like ingrained in our DNA, like way back that, you know, we feel this like sense of guilt and shame all the time. And to like be aware of that and and let go of that, I think is like so critical for our growth and like the future of just like females in general. Yes, totally. I completely agree as as well. Something I always like to ask to kind of wrap up the interview a little bit before we get to the last question is to ask you what your hopes, dreams, or even aspirations are for the future of your company. Yeah, that's an exciting question. I'm currently writing a book. Oh. Yeah. So the book is called In Between the Spaces, and it's really me sharing the lessons and lenses that I have come across through my clients and, and through the work I do, you know, there's some great life lessons that I have learned just in like two and a half years. I always say that my job is to change my clients and transform my clients, but really in return, they're actually transforming me and changing me. So that's really what the book is. It's a dedication to, you know, the people that have been vulnerable to let me in their space. So that is a 2022 goal. I don't like the word goal. That's a 2022 intention. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it would be fun to have a TV show as well. Like I would love to have an organizing series that really represents like a wide range of families and situations, you know, organizing parallels every life transition that someone might be going through. And I think it would be really fantastic to show that on the screen and and have people really feel like they can relate. There's so much shame around organizing and there's so much shame that people feel and guilt they feel for living in an environment that might not really be conducive to their success, but everyone goes through this at different periods in their lives. I mean, that would be fantastic. So I would love, love to do that. And then of course, just, you know, business growth and expansion is always on my mind. Those are, those are the intentions for (laughs) home organizing. (laughs) 
I love it. And I mean, the book idea, first of all, amazing. I can't wait to read that. And then the show idea, that's incredible. I'd love to see it because it's just a really realistic kind of relatable content versus, you know, Marie Kondo is great and the home edit series is great, but they're not as relatable. So I really want to see like a relatable show like that. So you're going to pitch that (laughs) to a network and we're going to see it come out, I hope, because that is so cool. I love that idea. Thank you. I wanted to kind of ask just overall looking at all the work that you do, if you could leave our listeners with one tip, one kind of trick to organizing their home and maybe their life in general, what would that tip be? What a deep question. Um, <laughs> I know, sorry, putting it all on you now. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I guess, you know, I would say that someone told me this as well. I'm, <laughs> it's not from my own noggin, but you're either in or you're in the way. So you have to get out of your own way. You know, that relates to like your environment and your space, your home, but also larger than that, your life and, you know, your growth as a human here. How are you in the way of achieving? what you want to achieve. I mean, I think a lot of people like the blame factor and like pointing fingers as to why they can't achieve a certain thing or, you know, why their home is a certain way. Well, it's the kids, it's my spouse. But really, you're in control of your own life. If you just get out of your own way, I think magical and very organized things can happen to and for you. That's a great tip to leave our listeners with. Unfortunately, the interview does have to come to an end, but before we close off completely, we'd like to pass over the virtual mic, as we say, and uh, let you leave our listeners with any other advice, tips, words of wisdom, whatever that may be, the time is yours. Well, I guess if there's any listeners that are, you know, interested in entrepreneurship, starting something, but just feeling so hesitant and maybe insecure or lack of self-confidence about it, I just say, go for it like listen to your intuition listen to your heart to be surrounded by you know really good mentors and a community that shares a lot of commonality common bonds values and morals you know that can be a really supportive approach to starting something new you know I'm all for entrepreneurship I would never change it and a lot of people have creative ideas they just don't take action on them those are my my words of wisdom (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you and we learned so much. All your stories were fantastic. Thank you again. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you learned something new. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website for more exclusive content. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Power in Heels.